Do you ever find yourself feeling frustrated and unfocused in your business to the point where you know you aren't doing the things that need to get done if you are going to reach those big business goals you've set for the year ahead? If so, listen up, because today we are talking about the one practice that I've put in place in my business that ensures I'm staying focused and on track every single week, month, and year towards achieving my big business goals. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. One of the most significant challenges I hear from women entrepreneurs is we set these big dreams for ourselves and we have amazing goals that we write out at the beginning of the year, but a few weeks, a few months in, we're completely off track. In fact, we might not even remember what that goal was or what our initial plan was because the shiny objects have distracted us. They've been begging for our attention. And as a result, we're not getting where we ultimately want to go. Do you relate to that feeling of sitting down at your desk and just feeling completely unsure of what you need to be focused on every single day? Well, if that's you, you're in luck because today we are talking about my weekly CEO date. Now, if you have taken any of my challenges, the plan your best year ever challenge most recently happened, um, you know that I talk about this practice, the CEO date. And you know that this is something I have been doing since the very beginning of my business way back in 2008. And this is simply a meeting with myself, the CEO of the business, to make sure that I'm not just planning for the week ahead or the month ahead, the quarter ahead, the year ahead, but that I'm also holding myself accountable to that plan. Because the plan isn't worth much if you're not holding yourself accountable and sticking to the plan. If you don't have a boss, you don't have a manager, you have to learn how to manage yourself. You have to learn how to be your own boss. And that's hard, right? It's much harder than any of us ever thought it would be. We thought it would be awesome because then we don't have to wear suits to work and we can work from home in our slippers. But being your own boss means learning how to hold yourself accountable and stay on track with everything in order to get where you need your business to go. So the CEO date is one of the most important appointments on my calendar. And if you follow me on Instagram at rachel.cook, you will see that often on Mondays, I will share with you what I am doing for my Monday CEO dates and actually walk you through some of the process. So this is a time that's carved out in my calendar. For me, it's Mondays at 10 a.m., And I usually take an hour or two hours, sometimes more, but I have a checklist that I go through. And I'm going to walk you through that checklist and explain what each of these things are. But what I want to really share with you is it doesn't matter when you do it. You don't have to do this Mondays at 10. You could do this Sunday nights. You could do this Friday before you wrap up for the weekend. It could be a half hour check-in for you. Mine is longer now because I'm also checking in on the progress of my team and prepping for our team weekly meeting, which is why mine is two or three hours. But carving out a little bit of time to start your week 
is going to save you so much time and implementation. They say on average, it takes about 30 minutes for people to figure out what they need to do before they actually get started with work. So usually the first 30 minutes of work are shuffling papers, pulling up to-do lists, checking inboxes, but not actually getting to work, which means over the course of a week, you are wasting easily two and a half hours there. And that means over the course of a year, that's like three weeks that you could have gotten back and accomplished something meaningful in your business. So we really want to be making sure that we are taking advantage of the huge impact that a little bit of planning up front can make in claiming back some of your time because you'll know exactly what you need to do. You'll be able to get more laser focused more quickly. Okay, so my challenge to you this week is just tell me when your CEO date is going to be and make it a standing appointment on your calendar. And I want to walk you through the checklist that I use for my CEO date. You can always tweak this and make it work for you. Um, But I find that for most of my clients, these are the most important questions they really need to check in on every single CEO date. This CEO date checklist is available for you to go get as a download. Just head over to rachelcook.com slash CEO dash date. There is a download for you. And if you buy one of the 90 day CEO planners, it's in there as part of your run your week like a CEO weekly process, right? So here's what I go through in my CEO date. Let's get started. First up, I review my metrics. My weekly CEO date starts pretty basic. It starts by tracking. I am tracking the numbers that are most important to my business. So these are your metrics. Metrics are something that can be a little bit of a rabbit hole for people because there's a lot of metrics we can track in our business. We could track how many people go to our website, how many people follow you on Facebook. We could track your individual Facebook ad analytics. We could track how many followers you have on Instagram. You can be monitoring all sorts of things. But there's two core metrics that I really want you to be paying attention to and tracking on your regular basis. Until your business is in the six-figure range, you do not need a super complicated metrics dashboard. It will be too much information, and you won't honestly have enough data to be able to do anything meaningful with it. So we need to simplify this and just figure out what are the most two important metrics for you to track. We want to track the things that are directly correlated to your results, which are directly correlated to your revenue. So the first thing we need to track is a leading metric. A leading metric is the number that predicts your lagging metric. So most of the time when you say metrics, people think I'm just tracking my revenue, which I am definitely tracking my revenue. But you need to also think about what is going to lead to that revenue. So tracking your revenue, tracking sales, tracking new clients acquired, those are all lagging metrics. It's the final thing you can track in this whole series of of actions that need to happen. And if you track that, you have useful information about your business. You can tell whether or not you are on track for your revenue goal for the year or for your client goal for the year. But once it's happened, you can't really do a whole lot about it in that moment. Like, Once that revenue has been collected, it doesn't impact revenue that's coming to you in the future necessarily. So we want to figure out what predicts that revenue. And this is the thing you're going to have to sit down and think about it because 
It's a little bit different for every business. But if you can unlock this information for you, then you have this big key to understanding what activities are going to generate that revenue for your business, what actions are going to generate that revenue for your business. So in my business, the most important leading metric we track is email list subscribers. And more specifically, it's people who join the email list, they sign up to get access to a free training, a free challenge, a free masterclass, something along those lines that then invites them to become a client in some way, shape, or form. So every week I'm checking in how many new people signed up for the challenge we just ran. How many people signed up for the masterclass on the website? How many people signed up for something available? This predicts revenue for me because we know from all of our sales data that if 100 people signed up for a challenge, then about 2% or two people will become paying clients. So if I had 500 people sign up for the plan your best year ever challenge, okay, if I had 500 and I know that two out of every 100 are going to become clients, so they would join the CEO retreat, that means I got 10 people to join the CEO retreat from that challenge. And this is really important information for me, right? Because if I want to impact that lagging metric, the revenue, the clients acquired, the people who signed up for that event or that program I offer, then I know that the thing will increase that is going to be getting more people to sign up for the challenge or more people to sign up for the masterclass or the training or or what have you. So this might sound a little complicated to you right now, but once you start tracking these numbers, you will have that level of clarity about your business and you can actually start projecting and reverse engineering. So what I mean by that is you can project based on how many people or how many, um, whatever your, your leading metric is, you can project how many clients or how much revenue you'll get from it. But you can also work backwards and say, if I want 10 people in this event, and I know I have a 2% conversion rate, that means 500 people need to sign up for the free thing. So there's so much power in this. And this is something I totally geek out about. If it sounds a little over your head, don't stress about it right now. Just start tracking the information, okay? So for me, it's email with subscribers. And for a lot of us, it's gonna be some sort of contact information. But for some of you, especially if most of your clients are coming from referrals, then it might not be email with subscribers. Maybe the leading metric you need to track is referrals coming in. Um, maybe there's something else that impacts revenue. So maybe for you, it's, sending out pitches, cold pitches to get requests for proposals. Um, There might be a different leading metric depending on your type of business. But the key here is it predicts revenue. So it might be referrals. It might be requests for consults. What are the things that are happening that then lead people to becoming a client? So this is must-have information. It's something you want to track on a weekly basis. And all the other metrics out there, So how many website hits you have every month, how many people following you on social media channels, you can track those, but don't get too overwhelmed on a weekly basis with those. So we just track those on a monthly basis so that we can see overall trends, overall trends, I'll look and check in on those numbers. But on a weekly basis, I really want to hone in on what's driving results, what's closest to getting the new client or getting the revenue in the door. So once I track that little bit of information and I'm starting to review where I've gone, by then I can take a look, see if I'm on track, see if I'm off track with my revenue goals, 
And from there, I can start thinking about planning. Okay, so if you're in the CEO date checklist, you'll see I check off review metrics, review revenue goal. So what was my revenue month to date and review engage goal. So this is the, the leading metric for me. This is how many people signed up for my email list for you. It might be how many requests for proposals came in or requests for consults or referrals, etc. Next, once I have that information, it's time to start planning. So this is really important, setting your weekly top three. The most important thing I do when I'm sitting down every week is I decide before I do anything else for the week, what are the most important activities I need to get done this week? The top three are the most important. They're the most impactful activities that are directly correlated to the goals that you have for this 90 day period that you're in. So these are usually going to be things that are related to a specific goal you've set. They might be related to marketing. They might be related to sales, to business development. They're not necessarily going to be small things like clearing out your inbox, right? So these are going to be things that are moving the needle and moving me closer to my big picture goals. They'll be marketing, sales activity, creating new content, um, doing a lot more attract outreach, things of that nature, being interviewed, all of those types of things that are aligned with my goals for the next 90 days. So as an example, I'm flipping open my planner for this week. I'm recording this the last week of October. And a couple of the things in my top three this week, one is record all of the podcast episodes for November. I have four episodes I'm recording today. I estimate it'll take me about three hours. And then I also have in my top three to record the CEO planner tutorials for people who actually purchase the planner to go in and learn all the details about each of the spreads and how to really use the planner effectively. So those are the top two really out of three because I decided to give myself a break because I've been traveling and working so much. So I'm getting ready to go to New York the following week. So I gave myself a break day in between all of that. So those are the things that I put in my top three this week. As you can tell, these are high impact activities. They're correlated to higher level $1,000, $10,000 an hour tasks and things that are going to help me get closer to getting more clients in my business or create more opportunities to get more clients in my business. Okay, once I know my top three, then I'm going to plan out my marketing activities. Now, if you have already listened to an earlier episode in this whole series about how to run your week like a CEO, then you know we include in the CEO day checklist and the CEO weekly planning pages spaces for you to write out how are you attracting new potential clients? How are you engaging new potential clients? How are you nurturing new potential clients? How are you inviting new potential clients? And how are you delighting existing clients? So this is the marketing framework that I teach from that's based on the customer journey from the buyer readiness spectrum, what people go through as they first hear about me and my work all the way through to becoming paying clients. So each and every week, I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing for each one of these types of marketing activities to make sure that I am consistently showing up and I'm consistently doing the work to bring those new potential clients into my business and to invite them to become paying clients. This marketing system 
truly is one of the biggest secrets I can ever share with you about avoiding that feast or famine cycle. Because if you are consistently marketing your business, if you're consistently inviting people to take the next step, then you won't find yourself with these gaps of revenue in your calendar where your months are wildly different from one another. So really quickly, if you haven't heard me talk about these five parts of this marketing system, attract is marketing activity that's getting you in front of new audiences, people who do not know who you are, but it's their first introduction to you as a business, as a brand, as an expert. So this could be things like running paid advertising. It could be showing up on search. So making sure you're optimized for SEO, showing up in Google and Pinterest and all those things. And it could be getting in front of other people's audiences as a guest speaker, as a teacher, as an interviewee, as a panelist, as someone who contributed to their website. All of those different things are attract marketing strategies. Engage is all about getting that contact information. So we talked about the leading metric, engage is very tied into that. So engage is all about how are they actually raising their hand, giving you their contact information so you can continue the conversation, continue building that relationship with the potential client. So for me, this is email list subscribers. Um, And what am I asking them to subscribe to or to sign up for? For you, it could be I'm asking for referrals this week. It could be I'm letting people know I have availability in my calendar for requests for consult. It could be, you know, putting out a, a proposals, anything like that could be related to engage where you're actually starting the conversation. Then you go on to nurturing. So nurture marketing is your content and the touch points that are all about helping people start to know, like, and trust you, answer all their questions, help them see that you are the right person to help them solve this problem or get this result. Inviting is actually inviting them to pay you and become a paying client. And then delighting is anything above and beyond that just ensures you deliver an incredible customer experience. So by asking myself, what am I doing for these categories each and every week? I make sure that there's never a week where I'm not marketing my business, nurturing my community, inviting people to work with me, or taking care of my amazing clients. This is how I avoid the feast or famine cycle and just have built a very stable, sustainable business. So the next few things that I do on my CEO date checklist is I ask myself, what self-care do I need this week? And where do I need support this week? Sometimes when I'm going through my CEO date, I get a little overly ambitious. Maybe you can relate to this. I start brainstorming. I start thinking of all the things I want to do. And I realize, oh, maybe I need to ask for some help in some different areas. And this often shows up during busier seasons of the business. Like if we are running a challenge, if we are ramping up a big promotion, like a launch for something, then I will have a lot of things happening that week. And I really need to make sure I'm being intentional about how am I taking care of myself this week so that I can show up the way that I need to. Um, If I'm traveling a lot, I need to think about how can I take care of myself this week so that I can show up the way I need to. So I already shared with you that one of my top three for the particular week that I'm looking at as I'm recording this episode, I decided to take Friday off because one of the most important things I needed to do for myself and my self-care was get a day off. I've been traveling a lot. I've been working a lot, including over weekends, and I'm getting ready to go to New York for a week. So I really needed a day to just decompress and take care of myself. 
Where do I need support this week? Sometimes for me, this is asking for more support at home. So letting my husband know, hey, can you handle all the meals this week? Or can we get the housekeeper to come in this week? It's feeling a little chaotic. It might be asking for additional childcare support. So making sure if we haven't had a break at all from, you know, parenting and life, maybe we need to get a babysitter in this week. On the business side, this it might look like, where can I ask my team to step in? Is there something else I can get off my plate? Something that I'm putting on my plate that I know my team can do. A great way to check this, by the way, if you didn't listen to the episode on the CEO scorecard, are you doing the $10 an hour activities or the $10,000 an hour activities? If you are following this process and tracking your time, Anytime you see yourself writing down, you're doing $10 an hour activity, that is an opportunity to get support and get that off your plate. So I'm always auditing myself for this. And in fact, I just hired a new marketing assistant to help me with some of those $100 an hour activities so that I could free up some more bandwidth and shift to a higher value task. So I'm asking myself, where do I need self-care? Where do I need additional support? Finally, I am managing my calendar. This is so important. If you have followed me for a while, you know I talk about having a model calendar. And essentially, a model calendar follows time blocking, where you're blocking off clear blocks of time in your calendar, so several hours at a time, to focus on specific things in your business. When I sit down every single week, my goal is to block off the most important things in my calendar. So my top three, the first thing I do is sit down and block out when am I going to do those things? When am I going to make sure I'm getting this done this week? So I blocked out at my CEO date earlier this week, I need to record my November podcast and I blocked out time on Tuesday from 10 o'clock until two o'clock. This is how I make sure that I get the most important things done. This is how my team knows what I'm focused on. This is how I make sure it's getting done. This is how we make sure that we're consistently prioritizing the things that I need to do that no one else can do. So I'm blocking them off earlier in the week and I make sure that I'm not getting distracted or trying to squeeze something else in there. I truly treat it like an appointment with myself. This is the one thing that I'm going to do during this block of time. I really can't um, overemphasize how important this is, time blocking is. One of the things that I hear from people is they say, well, Rach, I've tried time blocking, I've tried the model calendar, but I can never seem to stick to it. You've got to learn how to be your own boss and how to hold yourself accountable to the tasks that you've put on your calendar. And sometimes this means you've got to have stronger boundaries with clients or you've got to have clear conversations with your team to make sure that other things aren't getting in those time spots that you've mapped out for these important task areas. The more you can hold to these appointments and truly treat them like appointments, the easier it will get for you and the more you will be able to accomplish. So once I go through my CEO date, because I have a team, I have to do a few extra things. Now, if you don't have a team yet, you may not, you may be able to finish up just by managing your weekly calendar, making sure your schedule looks good and you've blocked out time to get these most important tasks done. But if you have a team or you have other people supporting you, even if it's just a virtual assistant, then you probably need to make sure that you're updating them right? Otherwise, they don't know what's going on. So there's a couple things I do here. First, I update our project management system. Now, we use a tool called Asana. There are a lot of other tools out there. There's Trello, there's Basecamp, there's a million other things. Um, 
But the big thing is as your business grows and you need to collaborate with more people, you need to be able to track lots of moving parts with lots of different projects. A project management system really is the way to go. So every week, my team knows that they need to update all of their tasks by the end of Friday. So when I sit down on Monday, I can see where all things are in pro- in their process. Like in, in these projects, what is done, what is in progress, what is not done yet. This helps me really see at a glance where we are as a team. Are we on track with our plan or are we off track with our plan? So one thing I have to do is if I'm taking time to plan and I'm looking at something like what this week's content is going to be, that means I need to sit down and make sure I'm updating Asana so that the team knows more podcast episodes are coming. Here's what the topics are. And we have a workflow for all of those podcasts. We have a checklist so everyone knows exactly what's happening and what they need to do to help me. Finally, I like to have a team meeting so that I can update my team. Now there's a few different people in my team and the way we have our team structured is that my operations director, Amber, meets with me every single Monday right after my CEO date. And this is where we can check in, we can ask each other questions, get on the same page, and then she will take that information, make sure Asana is all updated and everyone knows what's going on. And she actually project manages the other people on the team. So she manages our customer success team, she manages our content production team, she manages the other marketing team members, branding, design, all of that stuff. And we make sure that This team meeting is where we're checking in on all the things that are happening in the business. Now, this is really important just for the way I happen to run my business. I am not the best project manager and I'm not the best manager of people. Like I'm not a micromanager. So the idea of checking in and seeing where people are or having to answer a lot of questions all the time, it is not a fit for me and my personality. Amber, however, is great at that role. She's what we would call an integrator. If you have read the book Traction, I'll link it up in the show notes by Gino Wickman. He talks about having the CEO as the visionary and the person who's really leading the charge with the business and planning out where we're going to go and thinking big picture. And then the integrator is the person who takes that plan, breaks it down, and makes sure that the entire team knows what to do and is managing all the action steps along with that. So that's how we run the business, is making sure that I'm focused on big picture, I'm focused on content, I'm focused on connecting with people, I'm focused on my clients, and then the team is handling all of the other details. So it's really important for me that we have a team meeting on a weekly basis. And a lot of this is just because I know some people don't like having team meetings. That is fine. I just know that for myself, it helps me feel connected to know a little bit about what's going on. We also have a quarterly all hands team meeting where everyone comes together. And that way I can sit down once a quarter with them and say, hey guys, here's our goal for this quarter. Here's the most important projects we're going to work on. Here are the milestones and the deadlines that we're going to be talking through and just make sure everyone's really clear about what I want to be focused on that quarter. One of the other things I'll often do is 
at least every month, sometimes more than that, I will record a little video for other people on the team. So I'm definitely a verbal processor, which is part of why I have team meetings still, because I talk through things. That's why I have a podcast, right? I talk through things better than writing them out. So for me, recording a quick video to the team and letting them know, here's what I'm working on. Here's the topics for the show. Here's the plan for this launch. Here's the plan for this product. It lets them all get on the same page and understand how their specific tasks fit in with my specific tasks. So I find that as your business grows, these last two steps, updating your project management tool and updating your team become more and more crucial. And you really have to figure out how you best communicate with your team and how everyone can stay on the same page. What tends to happen with us entrepreneurs is we get excited, we get these new fresh ideas, and then we forget to communicate those ideas with the people who are trying to support us. And I have to remind myself all the time that I need to be communicating with the team what I'm thinking and if I'm thinking of changing direction or doing something new. So I remind myself to update the team. And you even need to remind yourself to update the other people on your team. So like your life success team. I remind myself that I need to update my husband. I need to update the babysitter. I need to update the housekeeper. I need to update anyone who is helping me run my life on things that are going on. So in fact, my husband and I sit down Monday mornings um, after I've wrapped my CEO date and we chat what's on your calendar. He asks me, what time do you need the house to be silent? What time do you need me to get the kids so that you can continue working? Is there anything in the afternoons that you need me to clear the house out for? Are there any appointments I need to be aware of? Um, Are you going to work here or at home? Are you going to work at the broad or am I going to go work at a co-working space? So we talk about all the things that we need to do to support the entire life. So really having the business CEO date, a little bit of a home CEO date every single week. It just ensures that things are running as smoothly as they can. So in the checklist, I have included um, the weekly CEO date. And if you want to learn even more, we actually have CEO dates broken down for what to do on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, and on an annual basis that we provide to all of the members who attend the CEO retreat. That's because we have additional things we're tracking on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. So if you haven't signed up for the CEO retreat, I really ensure you uh, encourage you to come check it out. There is one happening on December 6th here in Richmond, Virginia at the beautiful Quirk Hotel. We have such an incredible time together. I include lunch and a little happy hour. And if you can't attend the in-person one December 6th, don't worry, we have a virtual option available on December 20th. We will actually ship you a fun little planning bundle with your workbook, with your CEO planner, with some other fun planning tools and swag so that you can really feel like you're getting an incredible experience of planning. It is so much fun for us to get together on Zoom and work through your 90-day plan together. So if you know you need to get that plan on paper, you need to surround yourself with other amazing, supportive, incredible women entrepreneurs, and you know that you need help turning those big dreams into check-offable action steps, then make sure you go check it out now because we still have some seats available and I would love, love, love to see you there and help you hit the ground running for 2020. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. 
Don't forget, for the latest episodes and full show notes, head over to rachelcook.com show. If you don't want to miss Promote Yourself to CEO, make sure that you are subscribed. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Jameson Cook from JCC Podcast Production for producing and editing the show. Go check him out at jamesoncook.com to bring your podcast to life. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you soon. 